the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together tonight. Hope you're getting ready for a great weekend. I know it will be a, uh, well, it should be a great weekend. I know there's nothing major going on in uh, in uh, holiday-wise, but I hope people are getting a chance to get away and enjoy the uh, turning of the seasons, at least where I am, over towards the swamp in northern Virginia. Uh, the weather's getting a little bit co- cooler, and, uh, and it is uh, time to... Uh, Time to head towards the fall. So, all right, uh, this is the this is the key um, key thing we need to talk about. I, I will tell you is my newest book. I know you can't believe that. Actually, I have two new books out, but one's a real book and one's uh, a little bit less than a book. I'll tell you about it. Before you get to that, don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. And uh, you can go there and sign up for the Daily Wink, what you need to know. And you get an email in your email box, and it uh, comes in at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. And what do you get? You get a couple of articles, key articles, uh, key talking points, understand what's important. It's the Daily Wink, what you need to know. And we start out the program tonight with uh, the Daily Wink uh, and also what you need to know. So here we are. Uh, before we get to the big news, I do want to... Uh, uh, encourage everybody you may have seen on the news in Virginia where I live the lines are huge as the first day of early voting starts lots of people are voting you should vote everybody should vote they should care about their country and they should vote but I want to keep encouraging you to go back to my inv- invitation to be a poll worker you got to be a poll worker three steps number one get the day off of work tell your friends and family you're going to be tied up but usually if you can do it it's best to do a whole day it's a long day if you have to do half a day that works but a lot of people that have work you got to give your boss or your colleagues a warning you're going to be out number two contact your county or municipal authority sometimes it's through the republican party or your local party sometimes it's uh i guess there are some third parties you might be conservative party or even libertarian but we need that's step number three get your mindset wrapped around eyes inside this is not a time to be a uh, a, a waiver of uh, of Trump uh, paraphernalia outside the polling place. I'm saying get inside, get eyes inside. So please consider being a poll worker. Those are the steps, those three steps, very simple. I, I've had lots of people saying they're doing it. All right, another thing I want to tell you about is next Sunday, just Sunday, two days from now, we're going to start the Eagle Countdown. Eagle Countdown is our virtual version of sort of the Eagle Council time. Eagle Council is this 50-year tradition of meeting to get... Get fortified as to what the truth of conservative issues are, and then to fellowship with your other uh, patriots. Well, we've had to delay that until January, late January this year, because of all the the COVID nonsense. So we're having an eagle countdown. Two topics at the heart of it. One. Promises kept. What has the Trump-Pence administration done policy-wise? Remind ourselves of what the successes are so people feel better about what they're supporting. Number two. What's at stake? What's the moment we're in? We're on the brink. We're on the brink of a big election. We're on the brink of chaos. Uh, I'm going to talk with Selena Zito, I think on Monday, and I'm going to ask her. She's seen a lot of elections. 
What's going to happen if it takes 10, 20, 30 days to get to an election? What's going to happen if uh, MAGA voters feel like they're being cheated or being uh, slighted or being uh, uh, the game is being rigged? There's a lot of things to worry about. So uh, that's going to be Eagle Countdown. Go to eaglecountdown.com. EagleCountdown.com. We've been getting ready for this. We've been pushing it out and we're getting ready. It's going to stream live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, all the platforms we can. Turns out Facebook is blocking us. If you go on Facebook and search for Eagle Countdown and you try to say you like it, you know, get on the page there, uh, the Facebook gives you an error message. Unbelievable. So anyway, you got to work a little bit, but eaglecountdown.com is a place to go. Get signed up. There's an event for Eventbrite. Free. It's all free. So it just starts at, it starts at one o'clock, Pens- uh, pa- uh, excuse me, one o'clock Pacific Central Time, one o'clock uh, Pacific Time, West Coast Time, one p.m. on Sunday, one p.m. on Monday, one p.m. on Tuesday. I know that's early in the middle of the day and all. We'll be rebroadcasting it too. It goes for four hours on Sunday to five o'clock Pacific Time. It goes till nine o'clock on both the rest of the two days. We got Sidney Powell on the air. We've got all sorts of congressmen, Senator Grassley, Senator Ted Cruz is coming in, John Schlafly, lots of people. So you're going to want to tune in EagleCountdown.com. Find out more there. Okay, my big news, what you need to know today is I wrote another book. I actually created another tool for you. It's called Promises Made, Promises Kept, Top 100 Trump promises made, promises kept. It comes out early next week, but if you go to PMPK 2020, promises made, promises kept, PMPK 2020, you will see this book. Very cheap, I mean, inexpensive to buy. I'm just basically doing it at cost. It's a great book, and it's got $5. You can buy a copy. Get it? Here's the thing. The top 100 Trump promises made, you can show them to your friends. You can say, hey, here's here's the ammo. Here's what it means. I included a few of the great speeches, the America First speeches, I call them, at the UN and others, the Mount Rushmore speeches in there. And I also, by the way, created another Kofefe uh, uh, adult coloring book, a uh, comic coloring book. It's President Trump's tweets. President Trump's tweets that show promises made, promises kept. So you can go there. Again, go to PMPK2020. Promises made, promises kept. PMPK2020.com and get the books. You can sign up there. And here's the thing. We have to do a better job of arming ourselves for what exactly is happening. In other words, you cannot sit around and say, oh, well, I think it's going okay. People know what's at stake. No, no. You've got to take the time to get educated on exactly and recount them, whether it's moving the embassy from Israel, appointing judges, regulatory relief, tax relief, the promises of building the wall, promises made, promises kept, because the message should be, in contrast to the Biden-Harris team, they haven't done anything in their direct. They, they say one thing and do another in office. That's what Obama did. I mean, so you got to know what that's at stake, and it's a tool. It's one part of the tool in your toolbox I want you to have. So PMPK 2020, over the next couple of weeks, I'll go through some of these uh, promises made specifically and walk you through them because there's some great ones in there. But I wanted you to have this book, uh, Promises Made, Promises Kept. Uh, Go to uh, PMPK 2020, PMPK 2020, and uh, go ahead and get signed up. Okay, Uh, I want to follow up. One of the things is Defender of the Constitution, uh, Politically Incorrect, the President Brings Back Christmas, uh, the fallout from the 1776 commission which was announced yesterday in my presence i was there with about 25 other people and president trump and vice president pence in the uh, national archives main rotunda where the constitution the bill of rights the declaration of independence are all housed and the fallout has been fantastic 
because the 1776 Commission is meant to study educating our children on America's exceptionalism and patriotism. And of course, the left and the Biden campaign can't resist objecting. They object to that. And most Americans are like, what? Isn't that what we need to do? And they, because they hate Trump so much, they object to uh, teaching our kids about the, um, about the um, uh, patriotism and our exceptionalism. It, this reminds me of how uh, ridiculous and out of touch people are when they object to the Pledge of Allegiance. Because most Americans of over, let's say most Americans over the age of um, probably 35 Grew up with the pledge. Maybe younger than 35, they started to get rid of it. But if you grew up in the period, that period, my period, I did it every day. I said the pledge every day. And the Pledge of Allegiance is, in fact, a kind of education that binds us together. You see, we don't have a common uh, ethnicity. We don't have a common race. We don't have a common sort of uh, genetic, American genetic uh, makeup. Our commonality is in what we believe And the Pledge of Allegiance and patriotism is how we sort of train ourselves and our our young people to accept that and to get it and to buy into it. And so what a significant thing to have a president who's willing to stand up and say, I'm going to be for Merry Christmas, for example. I'm going to be for uh, for uh, patriotism. I'm going to be for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm not going to be for the, to the people that are le- uh, kneeling or anything else. I'm going to be for the folks that are for the goodness, the greatness, the exceptionalism of America. And that's a pretty great achievement and a pretty special thing to have happen. And I just want everybody to celebrate it. So again, my book is Promises Made, Promises Kept. Uh, you can go to pmpk2020.com. And I, by the way, there's a, there's a foreword by uh, Corey Lewandowski, and there's an afterword by General Mike Flynn, and there's some great speeches of the presidents. But more importantly, 100 pages one per page of victories, Trump wins, of promises kept, policy promises that he said he'd do that he did that give you a sense of, hey, not like ordinary politicians, this guy's going to do what he says. And when he's saying right now he's running, he's going to get the economy back. He's going to do school choice. He's going to do these different things. You can take a man on his word, but you especially can see what he's done when he gave his word before. I think you're going to enjoy it. Promises made, promises kept. That's top, top, uh, Trump, top, excuse me, Trump, heesh, top 100 Trump wins. Promises made, promises kept. PMPK2020.com. Check it out. Okay, we'll take a break and come back. we got a lot of great guests. It's Ed Martin here on Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Tammy Nichols. Tammy Nichols is a, a representative in the Idaho State House. We've talked to her a number of times. But the news I wanted to talk to her about is as the rest of the country is having all kinds of debates and still fighting about it, Idaho almost two weeks plus ago said, hey, we're through the, the, the flattening the curve. Let's get back to living. And they're going forward. So first of all, welcome, Tammy. How are you today? I'm good, Ed. Thanks for having me on. And so, let me. How first of all, how um, how is it working? Are our students back in school? Is uh, is uh, are, are the uh, Idaho uh, uh, Idaho State playing football? Is uh, is you? What are the? What's the sense after about two and a half weeks of having gone back to normal and say uh, uh, and saying that you know we're not going to live uh, in fear anymore? Yeah. So let me preface. Um, in regards to our extraordinary session that we have in the legislature. Yep. 
So um, the house had the the purpose for the house. Uh, the majority of us was to go back and end the emergency. Um, right. We actually worked on on three bills, and so we did one for in person voting. We did one to um, help with schools and churches and businesses to be able to reopen. So it was an immunity and liability bill. And we had in the emergency. And so we were able to get the um, ID that are the in-person voting. That one passed. The liability and immunity bill passed. And then the House overwhelmingly passed the um, end of the emergency. The Senate, however, mm. would not take up our, our emergency bill. And, uh, wow. and so they would not even entertain it. And so what they did is they put together because it was a it was a concurrent resolution of what we did in the House. And so if the House passed it and the Senate passed it, then it was a done deal. The emergency would end. Well, they the Senate decided that they did not want to go along with what the House did because they felt that it was unconstitutional, that we were not staying within the parameters that were set up for us um, to Hmm. come into an extraordinary session. So they basically just made their own resolution, um, which was kind of a white flag letter, if you will, to the governor saying, oh, please let us end the emergency, you know, please end the emergency for us. And it had no teeth, no substance. And so we were not able to actually pass uh, the bill to end the emergency. And so now we are in this state still where our governor just spoke today and is keeping us still in stage four. And um, mm-hmm. things are kind of crazy everywhere. So I think the majority of people in our state, they're just sick and tired of the whole thing. They see what's going on. They see our numbers are so low. The hospitals have not been overwhelmed. The whole purpose was to um, flatten the curve. That was the whole purpose. And we are right. way past that point. We have flattened. We have crushed it. We have eliminated it, basically, <laughs> for the most part. And so people see that now. And they're, they're tired of being told the same thing over and over again. They just want to get back to living, back to life. Um, you said you mentioned schools. Well, the schools are all different, regardless um, of being in the same state, depending on where you go. People are, are the the schools are all doing different things. So some are just doing online learning. Some are doing a couple days in class and then online learning. Some are doing all in class. And so, but it's creating mayhem for families and for people that have to work. And, um, you know, and of course for the students and the teachers as well. And so um, there's no, um, there's no consistency with anything. And so we're having a lot of problems. Our, our college football teams are not playing. And so right now, um, that is the case. Um, so even our Broncos, which, you know, people love here in the state of Idaho and in and, and other states, are not playing. Um, high school uh, and middle school, they are doing some stuff. But again, every place that you go is different. I was in um, one area in, in Idaho not too long ago to watch my son play, and there was no restrictions. Anyone could come and watch. It was open to anybody. Um, now I'm going to a game tonight where the, you're only allowed three people to come and watch you. <laughs> so, mm. so it just very yeah. it varies widely on what's going on. But I can tell you for sure, people are tired. They want to get back to work. They want to be open fully. I mean, we have restaurants and everything open, but 
they're functioning at, at 50% or less. And so they're not able to function fully, fully as they normally would. Um, and so, yeah, so there's just a lot of things that are still transpiring. Um, you know, there's no reason we should be staying in stage four unless it has to do with money. And so, yeah. um, you know, because we've been told that in order to, uh, if we end the emergency, we end the the federal money coming in. So, mm. you know, that's kind of where we're at. But people are tired. They want to get back to life. We're talking with Tammy Nichols. And by the way, for folks you want to learn more, we've had her on before. Tammy Nichols is NicholsForIdaho.com. She's one of the best uh, young legislators coming up in uh, in the country. Uh, one quick question about this. Uh, in Idaho, the, the governor is a Republican. Uh, and what is there? Is this just a split between sort of the establishment Republicans or is it is is, is there uh, just a misunderstanding? What, what's happening here? Is, is anybody what, what's your best guess in terms of the politics? You can't read the governor's mind, but. Why is sure. why is this dragging on? Yeah, so uh, from what we have been seeing, and I've talked to a lot of my um, my legislator counterparts, is that it seems that the governor is really relying on the health districts and the um, board of pharmacy, and for small groups to be making these decisions. Um, in many of our counties, in many of the areas in Idaho, the decision-making has been turned over to these um, uh, central district health, health departments. departments. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they're, they're bureaucrats. They're unelected bureaucrats. They are not beholden to any of the people. And they're the ones that are making the decisions on things. Now, the governor continues to tell us, well, we're using science and, uh, and you know, and going by science and, and data. But yet they won't produce what that science or data is that they're utilizing. And so um, so these bu- these unelected bureaucrats are making these decisions, and uh, most of them do not have medical backgrounds whatsoever. And uh, and yet we're, we're told that we have to comply with whatever they determine and decide to do. And so um, and what that does is that takes away the ability of the legislature to actually legislate because you're turning over that responsibility to unelected bureaucrats. And so that also silences the voice of the people because now as a representative, I'm not able to represent the voice of my constituents to the executive branch of government Mm -hmm. because he's turned over that responsibility to bureaucrats. So Hmm. it's really created some problems um, in that regard. And, um, you know, just even being able to get into into the um, extraordinary session that we had, that should have been done months ago, months ago. We should have all been able to get together to start making decisions and being able to represent our areas, our districts. And the governor would not allow us to do that. I mean, it took quite a bit um, for us to be able to do that. In fact, there was 15 of us legislators that actually got together at the Capitol um, back in May. I believe it was. And we just held our own session. We weren't there to actually conduct business because constitutionally we could not. But we were there to send a message to the governor saying, look, we have people that we are here to represent and you're not allowing us to do that. You have handcuffed us from being able to do our job and and have deemed us basically (laughs) non-essential. 
Right. We're talking with uh, Tammy Nichols, uh, a state representative in the Idaho legislature. And again, Nichols for Idaho, N-I-C-H-O-L-S, Nichols for Idaho, if you want to learn more about her or support her or, or be engaged. Um, she's great. And she's one of the best up-and-comers. Uh, let me ask you about Trump uh, in, you know, in, in the West, uh, in Idaho. Uh, and, you know, you have a sense of voters. You talk to other legislators. What's your feeling? Uh, and maybe spread it out nationally. How do you think this election's going? What's your what kind of insight can you give on, on where we are, you know, 40 plus days out? Sure. So over my area, so Trump actually was just in Nevada, and I had the pleasure of going to the Reno um, rally that was held. And that was really interesting because there was a lot of back and forth going on um, between the Trump um, uh, people and the governor and the mayor uh, there in Nevada and Reno. And, um, you know, they actually told him that he couldn't have his rally. <laughs> so he was very right. clever. Their, their group was very clever in what they did and they moved it out just a little bit outside of Reno and deemed it a um, a protest, a peaceful protest. <laughs> and and so wow. I had the pleasure of being able to go. And so we didn't know until the Friday, it was held on a Saturday and we didn't know until the Friday before where it was actually going to be. And so hmm. we went and we weren't sure what the turnout was going to be, but I can tell you there were thousands of people lined up to go see the president outside of Reno. It was amazing. Mm. And the um, the energy and the stamina and the excitement was, you know, I've been to his rallies before and I could feel that again at this one. And I mean, it, and there were literally thousands mm. of people there to come see him. Um, Donald Trump Jr. was just in Idaho, uh, up in Haley. Um, they had an event up there and, a, and did a, a fundraiser. And um, a lot of people went to just go see him for just a little bit. Mm. Um, to welcome him as he flew in, and and uh, he was very very generous with with his time and did pictures, and they had like a prayer prayer circle and just did all these amazing things um, for for the time that he was here. So I can tell you, Idaho is a huge Trump state. Um, there will be no problem with with Trump being elected <laughs> here in Idaho whatsoever. I see flags all over the place. We've been holding um, flag rallies and um, flag parades with cars um there's one actually scheduled for tomorrow um to be held in downtown boise and so they're going to be doing another rally um event for trump um but yeah it's the 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 movement here is good and so trump will have no problem with idaho i think though i have talked to lots of people that have been traveling um throughout different parts of the state and they say that they have seen more trump signs and more trump flags than what they remember in 2016 and they have yet mm. to see hardly any Joe Biden <laughs> anything out there. Yeah. So I think wow. I think the movement is good. I think we do have that silent majority that are there. And I think people can really see the direction that, you know, we have um, that if we go with Trump, this is the way that um, our country is going to be going. And if we go with Biden, this is the way that our country is going mm-hmm. to be going. And I don't think people want to go down that road um, yeah. that uh, Joe Biden and, and, and Harris will be promising us. So, so yeah, I, right. think, I think it'll be good. Good. All right. I got to run. Uh, th- thank you, uh, uh, Representative Tammy Nichols and Idaho Legislature. Nichols for Idaho.com. We'll take a quick break. I'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report, and we're with our old friend Woody Woodrum, the founder of the California Screaming Eagles. It's uh, CASCreamingEagles.com. Is that right, Woody? Correct. Or is it all? So, uh, and welcome back, Woody. So, first of all, uh, you were one of the early backers of uh, Donald Trump when he was running for president back in 2016 and uh, helped organize his campaign and, and volunteers. What's your sense? I know the, the Trump uh, campaign, they, they probably, no matter what, California's a reach because of the population. But more importantly, what's your feeling, though, about uh, the state of the race, not just for Trump, but for all these uh, Republican race, uh, candidates in races and congressional seats in California? Well, Ed, you know, that's kind of interesting that you asked that because we have seen a, a large influx of money that's starting to come into the state. And unfortunately, it's not uh, for the Trump campaign. It's for the other side. Uh, there are huh. nine seats that we're looking at flipping uh, to turn back to uh, to red to the Republican side of the House uh, to help take back the House. There's seven of those that I think that are really in play. And there's a lot of money coming into the into the area to, to back some of the opponents for the Republican candidates. Um, and, and we've got one seat out here that's in my county, down here in San Diego County and East County, for uh, uh, Senator or Congressman Daryl Issa. And he's running against a, uh, a very liberal, left-leaning uh, young uh, politician, I'll say, because he, he says a lot of things and doesn't have anything to back him up. But there's a lot of money behind that race and, and some of these other races. Uh, we're looking at Michelle Steele up in uh, Orange County. Uh, she's got a She's got a rough... Uh, kind of a rough race there. It looked like at the beginning it was going to be a, a fairly simple way to take that back. But with the money that's coming in, uh, starting to wonder about that a little bit. And th- all up and down the state, there's uh, just a lot of money coming in from outside, uh, from a lot of national interest groups and stuff like that. And, and of course, these uh, these riots are not helping anybody. And the, and the shutdown with COVID, the candidates can't get out. They can't see people. So that makes yeah. it really difficult for the for the campaigning. Woody, you know, in 2016, you, again, early on, we're talking with, excuse me, we're talking with Woody Woodrum, the founder of the California Screaming Eagles, great friend of the late Phyllis Schlafly and a friend of mine and, uh, and organizing all of California. But you were early in recognizing the, the Trump voters and saying, you know, there's voters here that have been left behind by the Republican establishment and the Democrat party. Is it your sense? I mean, I'm talking about California. Has the, has the Trump voter, has, has he, has he grown voters? Are there more people that are saying, Hey, I'd rather have the direction of the country that he's had or are, is California just where it is and it's kind of stuck? I have to say, when I saw the news that people were leaving California, I thought, man, uh, probably a lot of those are, are, are people who have enough common sense and not liberal, therefore, and they're getting out. And you might be losing some of your voters. What, what's your sense on the, on the, the four-year difference since 2016? Well, you're right, Ed. I, I've got to tell you, though, what I'm seeing is that there's more and more people that are getting behind Trump. The more this, uh, the activity with the Black Lives Matters and the Antifa and the riots and the fires and the, and the do-nothing governor in the state of California and the do-nothing Democrats uh, throughout the state of California, more and more people are starting to look at this a little bit differently. We had a great number of supporters for Trump in uh, 2016, and these were people that were under the radar. They were wouldn't come out and say anything about Trump. They wouldn't come out in any uh, activities. You know, very few of them would. But those that did really energized a lot of the other people. And I'm starting to see that starting to take place now. We've had a couple of boat rallies here in, uh, in California. You know, we've got a lot of great waterways and lakes and uh, oceanfront. 
so there's been some large boat rallies that have taken place. Uh, there's been some car rallies that are going on where they've got a caravan that's going around. It's got some of them got hundreds and hundreds of cars. We're in the process of putting one together uh, in the next couple of weeks here in Southern California. And you know, the more that we do these type of things, the more people are coming out. And what's interesting about the demographics of the people that's coming out. They're mostly young people. They're mostly young hmm. professionals and, and people that are frustrated. These are people who have not really had a political stance before, but they're seeing all of these things taken away from them. And and honestly, I think that there's a lot of fear. There's a the fear for their safety. There's a fear for their family. There's a fear of the unknown of what would happen if we allow more and more Democrats to take over higher and higher positions. We're seeing it here in California to the max. Like you said, people are leaving. They're leaving in droves. I think the biggest business in California is those who are renting uh, trailers and trucks for people that are moving <laughs> out right now. Yeah, yeah, it seems like and, it. We're talking I mean, Woody, kind of, Woody Woodrum. It, 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 it's it's funny in some respects, but it's really pathetic in other respects because California is a is a beautiful beautiful place to be. But as far as the people, the demographics again, there, I think that there's going to be a very silent walk away movement, and people are going to vote. And I think the people who haven't voted before are going to come out and vote, and they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to play out on the down ballot races because I think right. that some of these people will come out and they'll vote for the president and they won't go any further past that. But I think that there's hmm. going to be more people uh, voting for Trump in California. Well, there's been a lot of coverage of the of the wildfires and of Gavin Newsom uh, not being particularly effective on on different aspects of the of the shutdown and things. But this new uh, law that was signed uh, and and you know you, I have this article in front of me that's from the Christian Post. Governor Newsom signs bill allowing judges to uh, not add LGBT adults to sex offender registry. Uh, it, it, it's uh, S. What is it? SB. Um, SB one forty five. 145. Yeah. Tell me what. To, yeah. Walk me through this. I mean, this is insanity. California in the midst of all this stuff. This is what Gavin Newsom's got as a priority. Walk us through this. Well, this is what this is something that he signed on a Friday afternoon. And this was put up uh, by Scott uh, Weiner up in San Francisco. He's a senator from uh, state senator from the um, San Francisco area. And he's been a big supporter of the LGBT community for years. So what the original bill was that if, if somebody was within 10 years of some of, of a minor and they had uh, and I'm putting air quotes around this consensual sex with a minor, that it would be up to the judge whether or not to put them on the permanent uh uh, sex offenders registry list. Now, I don't know, you know, if you get a, you know, a 21 year old and 11 year old, how consensual it could be, or if you get a 22 and a 12 year old or whatever. I, I don't know about the, the nature of the consensuality. But the LGBT community said, well, this is unfair to the LGBT community because it only, it, it did not include anal and oral type of sex. So Weiner, in all of his uh, glory, gets out there with the LGBT community, which is a big supporter of his up in San Francisco area, and he says, well, let's, let's put this on the book so that that's okay. Instead of looking at this, uh, you know, instead of making the law better for the children and saying, you know, if you're within 10 years, it doesn't make any sense. You know, a 24-year-old and a 14-year-old, you cannot really have consensual sex there. And instead of saying, hmm. let's make this so that you would be a, you know, anybody that has sex with a minor would be placed on, a, on the sex offenders list, they said, no, let's take more people off of it. And this is this is part of California, you know, letting criminals go, uh, you know, delegitimizing a lot of the crimes that they did and declassifying them from uh, felonies to misdemeanors. 
And this has been the direction that California has been going for a number of years now. And we get out there and we fight it, but we're, 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 you know, we have a super majority of the liberal Democrats in the, in the, uh, in our state legislature. So it's really difficult. And that's one of the things, you know, I, I urge people to get out and to vote and look at the, look at the people that are running, uh, and look at the, you know, what are their values? And the values of the party are very, very clear and they're very, very different from one to the other. So I think that's one of the things that we need to get the word out to more people, and especially in the Christian community. You know, the Christian community, they talk about things, they say that they don't like things, but unfortunately, uh, and historically, it shows that they don't come out and vote. And we're hoping that that changes this election cycle. We're talking with Woody Woodrum, uh, and uh, he, he runs the California Screaming Eagles, which is one of our affiliates for the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Um, Woody, tell our listeners, you've got about a minute left, where, you know, a lot of folks sometimes throw up their hands and say, well, there's nothing I can do for Trump, uh, President Trump in California, or uh, I'm, I'm frustrated that I'm in, uh, I've got liberal senators and all. What, what is your, what, what, tell people what they can do and what you recommend they do in these last uh, 40 plus days. Well, I would recommend that they that they take a look at the uh, – you can go to redstate.org, uh, for instance, and this is something that's put up by the Republican Party. And one of the things that's really good about this is you don't have to uh, put money into the Republican Party. You can go down to, the, to your states and to the various different states, and you can look at the people that are running, especially at the congressional level, and you can donate directly to those campaigns. I've been encouraging people to mm. do this for years. Find somebody that you can get behind – Donate to their campaign. You know, uh, a lot of times people look at the, you know, look at the party and they're frustrated with the party, but for good reasons. But these people mm-hmm. are running and they are the ones that are going to make the changes to the party and they're the ones that are going to make the changes to the United States. So get behind a candidate. And if you wanted mm-hmm. to support somebody like Michelle Steele or Daryl Issa or uh, uh, Young Kim, you know, any of the, uh, Buzz Patterson, you know, any of these people that are out here in California that can make a difference uh, in supporting Trump, we need to take back 17 yep. seats. That's not that many. And if we can do All that, right. we can control the House. All right, California Screaming Eagles, Woody Woodrum, thanks very much, Woody, for the update, and we'll uh, stay stay close and uh, let us know what's happening. We'll take a, a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly, and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Phyllis Schlafly was one of the most accomplished women in American history. She became an expert in everything political, from nuclear weapons policy to the follies of feminism. She beat overwhelming odds by defeating a proposed amendment to the U.S. Constitution. She launched the pro-family movement that's still a powerful political force today. Yet asked what was the most fulfilling thing she'd ever done, none of those answers even came close. In her March 1994 Phyllis Schlafly report, Phyllis made the case for why teaching one's children how to read can be more fulfilling than anything else. As today's parents make important educational choices for their children, it would be a good idea to take Phyllis's advice. Your children... We'll thank you for it. Of course, if you're going to teach your children to read, you need to start by picking a winning strategy that will give them the tools to read independently. Phyllis knew the winning strategy is to teach children to read using the traditional phonics method, 
According to Phyllis, reading is the adventure of teaching the child to sound out letters and syllables and then say the word. This is starkly contrasted with the whole word method. There are lots of other names for this method, too. The educational elites repackage it as the whole language method, the look and say method, and the sight word method because they think rebranding will cover up for their miserable failures. With this whole word method, children memorize a list of a few dozen high-frequency words, then rely on pictures and context to guess the rest. Whole word may trick parents and children into thinking they can read, but memorizing a few words won't give someone the tools to grasp the entirety of the English language. Phyllis was right. If you teach the child to sound out the letters and syllables, he will soon be able to read his entire oral vocabulary. If you'd like an educational resource to help you navigate the best way to teach your children how to read, order a copy of Phyllis Schlafly's First Reader. It has everything your child needs to discover the joys of reading. Parents and grandparents, jumpstart the education of that child you love so much with a proven phonics course. With Turbo Reader, anyone at any age can learn to read. For free information on Phyllis Schlafly's Turbo Reader, call toll-free 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Open the door to a lifetime of reading and self-motivation. Call 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, let us wrap things up by let me inform you of a very important essay. And no less an authority than General Mike Flynn forwarded it to me this morning at the crack of dawn. I got up and there was a message from Mike Flynn, uh, General Flynn, who sends me things to read every now and then. And the piece is uh, it's written by a gentleman named Adam Milstein, and he runs a website, adammilstein.org, and um, he's got, I, I guess he's got a family foundation, he's a, he's a businessman, and um, he's kind of writing, at, doesn't, he's not a, not a journalist, he, does, uh, he helps people with their careers now, and he does a lot of phil- uh, philanthropy, and um, he cares about Israel because he's a Jewish American, I suppose it's one way to say it, but um, he wrote a piece that says, Defining Anti-Semitism as a Jewish problem, is a lose-lose proposition. Now, let me slow down. I'm going to try to get him on the show next week, but as I say, that's a, that's a mouthful of a title. Defining anti-Semitism as a Jewish problem is a lose-lose proposition. And he goes through in this piece, and it was published about uh, a week and a half ago in the Jerusalem Post. I hadn't seen it. Um, but he again, it was sent to me by General Flynn. He said, you have to look at this. And he basically goes on to say, if anti-Semitism has been around for a long time, it's certainly very, very nasty. And he says, you know, we can't tolerate it. But he says that um, too often now people are misunderstanding the other problems and they're, they're missing what he calls radical groups. Radical groups, he says, radical left, radical right, radical Muslims, radical African-Americans. Um, and he says, you know, you have to be careful that if you say to yourself, well, anti-Semitism is the, is the problem and we, let's address that problem. A lot of people just talk about it. And they say, well, it's offensive. And they say, well, you know, what, what we can do with these groups that are out there in this country that, that address anti-Semitism. And they say, well, we'll investigate, um, um, you know, what is going on. Uh, we'll, we'll complain about what they're doing and, and shine a light on it. Mostly sort of educating people or talking about it. But he says that's inaction. And he said the real action that needs to take place is understanding what these radical movements are doing. And he's and, and and holding the media accountable, and the reason why is he says it's not um, 
it cannot be only a anti-Semitism be a Jewish problem because it's a problem for the country and it's broader. And he says we need to be very careful that we're getting ourselves, he's talking about the Jewish community, in a position where we're looking, where we can kind of talk to ourselves and not to what's going on. At the end of the day, when you read this piece, what you have a description of is somebody who's saying, look at the country, your country, America, look at, I take it, let me say more careful, he's an American, Uh, so look at our country, he's saying, and understand that the radical uh, people, in this case the left, Antifa and, and others, are, they're really united around destroying America. And that the founding of the country, the Judeo-Christian roots, he uses that phrase, uh, is so important, the values, so important for the foundation of the country, and that the attacks on Jewish people and on other institutions, and that it's not only anti-Semitism, he points out. He says it's an attack on the values meant to de- meant to destroy the country or meant to erode the foundations. Yeah, let, let me not go so far as say he's he's saying uh, destroy the country, uh, but it's very persuasive, very um, uh, very clearly laid out uh, by Mr. Milstein, and really worth reading. So I'm going to put up on social media. I want you to take a look at it. But the broadening of the conversation, you know, it's easy when someone says oh look at that that group is uh, x or y po- uh, problem and you know that that, that that that's a problem you know they're, they're anti-semitic or they're racial or whatever and his point is no what you really have happening right now is an attempt to destroy america's foundation so I, I want you to take a look at that because I think it's an important one. So you'll see that. All right. Uh, listen, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our fearless technical director, for keeping us on track and on schedule. And Joanna helping book our great guests. We will be back uh, on Monday night with a lot more. We're getting close. We're only we're getting close. Six weeks from Tuesday is Election Day. It'll be under 40 days. But let me remind you, go to EagleCountdown.com. Eagle Countdown and sign up for the Eagle Countdown, which starts on Sunday, just two days from now, at uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4, p- excuse, 4 p.m. Uh, East Coast time. Okay, everybody, have a great, great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. I hope to see you at EagleCountdown.com. Uh, tune in for our virtual gathering starting Sunday. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. <laughs>